This is the Business Storytelling Show with Christoph Trapp. Name a top 20 storytelling podcast and a top 5% podcast globally. Christoph chats with thought leaders and experts to share tips and tricks that can help you tell your company's stories better to drive business results. Available wherever you listen to podcasts, live streamed on major social media channels, and part of the DB&A television network, available on most U.S. television sets and streaming on Roku and Amazon Fire. Here's Christoph with today's episode. Let's go. Hey, business storytellers. It's Christoph Tapp, your host. How's it going, everyone? Thanks for tuning in. This is episode 277. The year is almost over. Quick preview to Mars episode. We're talking about Amazon Live. Um, that's episode 278. Um, should you be doing Amazon Live? My opinion is if you have a book, if you have a product to talk about, absolutely. But today we're not talking about Amazon. We're talking about Twitter chats. And I've participated in my fair share of Twitter chats um, in the, I don't know, last decade or whatever it has been. Um, and sometimes I can't sit there for a whole hour and I go in and out and in and out and, you know, short attention span kind of guy here. But uh, one Twitter chat that I do enjoy very much, and currently it's on a little bit of a break, but it's coming back in January 2021, which is just in a few weeks. Did you know if you say in a few weeks, that sounds sooner than if you say next year or even next month? Um, just something to keep in mind. That's uh, I noticed that the other day. Somebody said next year, and I'm like, well, that's like tomorrow. Um, but anyway, today's guest, Gretchen Vaughn, she founded the TM Tweet Chat, Toastmaster. Um, I don't know, earlier this year or maybe last year, she can tell us the specifics. Um, and let's find out um, why she did, why you might want to consider doing a Twitter chat. And we'll go from there. Gretchen, welcome to the show. Glad to be here. Thank you for having me. You bet. And so tell us about the, the Twitter chat. What prompted it? Why are you doing it? And, um, you know, how has it been going? Uh, it's been going really well. I was interested in Twitter chats for several years. It started out with Tools Chat, which was back when Buffer was in its infant stage where the, all, all you could do was was schedule tweets. And so Leah Wood and Michael Q. Todd, they had this wonderful chat called Tools Chat. And almost everything that I know about social media, I was learning during that chat because it was such a wonderful conversation that brought in people from all over the world. You never knew who was going to be there. And that's when I fell in love with Twitter chats. So when I joined Toastmasters, I was looking at social media and thinking, gosh, there's no way to use Twitter to promote my Toastmasters club. Toastmasters is an international organization that's dedicated to creating better leaders through improving their communication skills. The best way that people know us is that we give speeches at meetings and give feedback, but there's so much more than that. And I was finding that when you use Twitter as just kind of a PR tool, and I saw the international organization and my local district and then the club as well. And that just doesn't work if you're trying to explain an organization that's kind of hard for people to understand on the surface. 
there's a lot of people that come to Toastmasters, you're trying to explain it to them and they're like, oh, I heard of that before, but I always thought that was about giving toasts while drinking wine. Or they might think that it's <laughs> it's just about giving speeches. So what I wanted to do is I thought, wow, it'd be really great if we could have a conversation about ideas, not just, oh, we meet in clubs and this is how we do things, but the why and getting into the conversations of uh, the ideas of Toastmasters, the things that also in Toastmasters we always want to talk about, about specific things about leadership, really getting into conversations about impromptu speaking or presenting online, or how do you cultivate growth in your team, all of these things. And I think the only way for people to understand that is to bring everyone into a conversation first before trying to promote something to them. So seeing that, that, that was kind of the, the, the basis for it. That was the inspiration. It took me about five years to get started. And part of it was there was no way for me to do it officially with Toastmasters. And I was also very nervous about starting this. It was, what if this fails? It's when you host a Twitter chat, it's kind of like you are throwing a party and you have no idea who will show up. And it, with my personal experience, I've never had very good luck with people coming to birthday parties ever since I was a kid. So I wasn't really sure. <laughs> oh, my gosh, what if we start this and nobody ever comes and it's a total failure? All those things that that you hear in your head whenever you're starting something. But the I, I had a project I needed to do in my, in my own personal Toastmasters program called a High Performance Leadership Project. It's something you have, you have a guidance committee that helps you. You have five specific educational projects. You have, uh, you have to do it with a team. You have to have a mission statement and a plan and all those good things. And I had a, some people in Toastmasters that were on my guidance committee and they were actually people who'd never really engaged with Twitter before. But they knew the Toastmasters part. So I got some people on board who said, you know what? Whatever you need, we know how to guide somebody through high performance leadership projects. You teach us how to use Twitter and we'll be on board. And that's how I finally had the confidence to jump off because they said, just do it. My guidance committee said, go for it. First week of January this past year, that's what we did. And I, the, and the rest is history. Uh, yeah. So the, the um, not that simple, but as you know, <laughs> and, <laughs> right. Let Let's dive in that in a second. But um, what's interesting, I mean, certainly, you know, sometimes you need encouragement from people to just go and and take the leap. And I think that's a very good example for many of us out here in the marketing community, digital marketing. Right? What if nobody shows up? And and quite frankly, I I, I had that same feeling. You know, what if I throw a party and nobody shows up it's easier not to show throw right. a party at all right so when i when i do anything Gretchen, anymore like a podcast or i write an article and i i do have a little bit of a formula what i think will work and what will not work but i don't go in with oh my goodness this is going to take off this will be go viral or whatever i you know i just go do it 
and sometimes it takes off, sometimes it doesn't. And at the end of the day, if something doesn't take off, you know, as Seth Godin said on the show, he goes, Christoph, I blog every day. Just by just do simple mathematics here, right? But or whatever statistics. Um, every once in a while, I, I hit a gold mine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and a lot of these articles, they're just kind of they're articles. They're not going to be a gold mine, but but I, I make it a habit to get out there to do things. Um, I have spoken, you know, uh, at at conferences probably since I don't know 2013, roughly. And I had heard about Toastmasters and never even crossed my mind to be involved with Toastmasters. I thought it was, I pictured it to an extent like an old school rotary club, mm-hmm. for example. Mm-hmm. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And I didn't need any more meetings. I didn't need any more meetings. And so certainly your Twitter chat kind of raised the profile, in, at least in my world of Toastmasters. What is it? How do you get involved? Um, and I, I was actually going to speak at a Toastmasters conference, uh, which, of course, then was canceled due to uh, this COVID yes. madness. So then when you got started, how difficult was it to get people to show up to your um, birthday party? Well, in order to get started, I formed a team of the people I talked about before that didn't really know much about Twitter. And the very first week in January when we launched, I think it was just the four of us that were there. And it was hilarious because they were texting me and saying, oh, my gosh, why can't you see my tweets? Well, your account is protected. So here's how you need to unlock it. (laughs) And then somebody else, I, I said, well, you're not using the hashtag or here's how you do search and that's that's how we got started that's how we just just leaped off the cliff and did uh bad speaking advice which is now bad speaking advice 1.0 because we've done that a couple of times now because you can't explain to other people for instance in toastmasters so here i was in toastmasters having trouble getting people to understand what in the world is a Twitter chat. And they're just thinking that Mm -hmm. Twitter is people being mean to each other. I don't need another social media network. And even explaining to them, well, just do it for this. This is just like joining a chat room just for this little thing. So I was having trouble explaining that to them. And then you know, as, as we just talked about explaining Toastmasters to the Twitter world at large. So that's the thing is it had to exist. There had to be a kind of proof of concept in order to start bringing these two different communities together and to get any sort of momentum. You just have to start. It's not going to be fantastic at first. And so we kind of, you just yeah. have to start. I, I actually, I, I wrote this down, Gretchen, as one of my questions for you, and you kind of hinted at it here, is how do you keep, how do you keep people on track? There's so much, I mean, seriously, rudeness going on, people just being, you know, jack beep um, on the internet. And it's just, I, I mean, it can be a pain, right? And then even sometimes, I mean, it's like they're they're not really making a point. They're just disagreeing to disagreeing. Uh, but how do you keep people friendly, 
cordial, have a good discussion. How, how do you do that? Especially the more you grow. I mean, I've been on a Twitter, I was on a Twitter chat of, I don't know when it was a few months ago with SEM Rush and their Twitter chat is just like, you cannot keep up. It's mm-hmm. impossible. Yeah, there there is a point where a Twitter chat can almost get too big. You You addressed a couple things that are interrelated, which is in order to have really good conversation, you have to create a safe environment for people to, you know, be able to relax and have the ideas in the first place and then start communicating them to each other. So you do create a Twitter community. And the first person I learned this from is actually uh, Janet Machuka, who is uh, one of the co-hosts of Africa Tweet Chat. She was on Mm -hmm. Madeline Sklar's Twitter Smarter podcast. And that's when I first heard the phrase Twitter community. And I thought, that's it. That's what you have to build. You have to build a group of people. And what makes it uh, safe and facilitated is there is a facilitator. There is someone who is starting the conversation, is monitoring everything, what's going on, and then also stepping in when you see two people who aren't understanding what the other person is saying and help them realize that well, you're talking about the same thing, but you're coming at it from two different perspectives. For instance, we had uh, one week was a discussion about mentoring. And the Toastmasters folks that aren't in a any sort of corporation or working in an organization, some of them are solopreneurs, they came in and they they were bringing the Toastmasters mentoring perspective And then on the other side, we had people who work in organizations who might have a formal mentoring program or a completely different approach. And so at one point they were disagreeing with each other about, oh, can you ask somebody to mentor you or can you offer to mentor someone? Is that Mm -hmm. going to offend them? And they were just going in two different places. So it was very easy to just step in there. Nobody was being rude to kind of step in and say, ah, I see what's happening here. You're coming from this perspective. You're coming from that perspective. So there's a lot of that facilitating. I think also you just set the tone up front of this is going to be fun. We're going to have an icebreaker. And then the type of questions that you're asking bring a certain type of community. And that, those questions are really important. It's a, a Twitter chat isn't just, hey, let's have a hashtag and get together at this particular time. And here's kind of a general topic and we'll just talk about it. That's kind of a recipe for chaos. So what you have to do mm-hmm. ahead of time is have a very good set of questions. And I learned as we went more and more weeks into it, how better to write those questions and how to write them more quickly. And also for them to have a flow. We also found out that with that, the the community starts to shape itself. So for instance, I had a couple of people say, you know what? Eight questions, 10 questions, way too much for the things that we're talking about. So for this particular Twitter chat in responding to those people and saying, okay, 
yes, we're going to do five, maybe six questions plus an icebreaker. And that was the pace that worked for us. So I think if you're creating kind of an ecosystem where there's really good questions, you're facilitating the community, there, there isn't, I've never been in a Twitter chat really that I was interested in where I, I saw rudeness occurring. I think it's just, I don't know if it's the mm -hmm. corners of Twitter that I'm hanging out in, but I think that's part of it. It's, you know, if we have TM tweet chat, people who are disagreeing about the electoral college are not going to jump in and start talking about that <laughs> and going crazy. <laughs> yeah right um so uh, what's interesting about the questions and uh th there's been a lot of marketing chats over the years uh and sometimes they they were too i don't uh, maybe elementary or or the questions mm -hmm. were too broad right so for example and i'll give you an example i, I literally had somebody ask me this yesterday what is the marketing strategy you would do here um, in this project, and they expected a five-minute answer. And after four minutes, they were upset that they didn't get the answer in five minutes. That's a big question. That's like three week a three-week project, <laughs> maybe, maybe more. Yes. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's like me going to my financial guy and saying, how do I move my 401k to you, and what should I do? That's not a 10-second answer. Right. That's not a tweet, right? So how... Like, how do you find that balance between the right level for the audience and also a question you can actually answer in a few tweets? And, and guys, remember, you can do uh, Twitter threats now. I don't know if you like those or not, but but I've used them before, um, you know, where you can basically uh, ship out um, a bunch of answers in one thread. I guess for a Twitter chat, the problem might be to an extent that um, it's going to take you a minute to do all those tweets instead mm -hmm. of sending them one by one. So how do you find, so the question was, and then I digressed a little bit. The question was, how do you find the questions that, that hit that sweet spot? I think part of it is finding, finding, first of all, something to model it on. I was, you know, Reagan chat who, which is for uh, public relations professionals on Tuesdays. I was participating in that and the the host at that time was writing these amazing questions. And I kind of was seeing how those were fitting together and what kind of answers they prompted. So that's a good start is to go to the best Twitter chat that you can find that you like that you might be able to model on and go from there and see what those questions are like. The other thing I had help with is it's really important to have that team. I had somebody on the team that I called the the topics master because that's a Toastmasters club meeting role. And she helped me with the questions. And we actually spent, I would say in the beginning, every single week would take about three or four hours to come up with those six or seven questions. We would take a topic and we would break it down and realize that we actually had three topics or that actually wasn't the topic that we wanted and would brainstorm for quite a while. And then I would have 
you know, a, a list of, okay, here are 15 possible questions. I would send them to my team. If I had a host, a lot of times I would ask them for feedback or ask them to suggest questions because a lot of the guests that we have have participated as guests in other Twitter chats. And so it, it took a lot of work to figure out how to work those together because they're a combination of an interview if you have a guest and a discussion group all at the same time. So it's it's not... It's not particularly easy. If you have a, a background, for instance, like you do in podcasting, I think you have a much better idea of what is a simple question, what is going to be a more in-depth answer. And you build, you build up to the biggest thinker kind of middle to the end where people have enough time. You don't have that as the first question. So you find a flow and you kind of build into it. Mm -hmm. What you said about, about Twitter threads, those actually don't, I, this is just my personal opinion. I don't think those work very well in a Twitter chat because people want to be able to respond with a single tweet so if you have those threads, it starts to kind of get lost in the conversation, mm-hmm. if it, especially if it's going on pretty big. A lot of people in the chat, they're, they're replying to replies underneath a single tweet or underneath a single question. They'll just use a simple reply. So a single tweet makes it easier for people to interact. The other, the other bonus is it makes you think about what your answer is. You have to think very carefully because you only have... 280 characters and you need to leave room for the hashtag. So it really improves your communication skills as well Mm -hmm. when you're participating in a Twitter chat. The the other thing I was playing around with the other day, I was doing the participating in the content marketing world chat. And I'm not saying this is actually something I'm not convinced that I like doing this, but I tried it. So I did have like a paragraph, you know, with my answer. And then I recorded an audio tweet, which you can now do from your smartphone, at least. Uh, maybe the iPad, too. I don't know about um, I don't know about the desktop. Let's just take a quick look here. Nope, you can't do that yet. But you can now schedule tweets in desktop in the Twitter app. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, in the Twitter uh, web version. So, um, but basically... Um, I did the audio tweet. I'm not sure people will listen to it, right? Because they're reading and reading and reading and they're typing. Um, so I don't know. Uh, what do you What do you think of that? Worth a try or or maybe I too think, much? Uh, what What works actually better is a video to do a live video, or you record it very quickly and then tweet it out. If you're the guest and you've had a lot of time to prepare, you could put you could put subtitles on it. But those are very interesting. We learned this from Dan Willis, uh, Millennial Motivator Marketing, that he does is I saw him in Twitter chats and all of a sudden his tweets would jump out because he doesn't like to type. He said he likes to use video and it's very easy for him to just turn it on. And then you can have your response can be up to two minutes and it has all that added context and richness to it of being able to see and hear the person to know what's going on. And it jumps out 
you know, in the feed and makes you want to stop and listen to what's going on. Plus, it's really impressive people who can do that. <laughs> not, not everybody can or wants to do that. Mm-hmm. So we had actually um, a couple of chats that were about using live video. And Dan Willis was the guest one week who came on and to really encourage us to start using live video because it it takes the conversation to another level. And that way it's contained within a single tweet and people can react with that tweet. I think you can overdo it if every single one of your answers is that because you wanna be present in the chat and those take a little bit of time and you wanna be replying and conversing and seeing what other people are doing. That's an important thing I don't think that we've mm-hmm. covered yet about you know, participating or facilitating a Twitter chat is you can't just broadcast, you can't just talk. You might have people who do that, who just come in and just talk, but it's really bizarre if you reply to their thought and they don't come back and talk to you. So for some people, you have to have a conversation. Right. You have to have a conversation. And for some people, that's the diving in point of a Twitter chat is you don't really answer the question yourself. Sometimes you can kind of sit back a little bit and look at what other people are answering and jump in in those conversations and just being replying and just coming there for the conversation. And that's great because if it's not a topic that you're, you have any expertise on, but you want to learn about, or there's some new aspect that always comes up in Twitter chats that you don't expect that's so far beyond what that single topic is. So if you show up and you're ready to learn and just have conversations with people, you can find some interesting places within the chat. That's really important if you're someone who's getting overwhelmed by one of these you know, much larger chats. And here's, here's a strategy that I use. For instance, even, even Twitter, Smarter, Twitter Smarter on Thursdays, hosted by Madeline Sklar, that thing really whips along, as you well know. Sometimes what I'll do is I will go in and just answer, just go with the replies that are underneath the guest's response to the question. And a lot of people do that so that if I'm having to do a Twitter chat on my iPhone, that's what I'll do. I'll just go to that. I'll just follow the guest and then converse with whoever's conversing underneath that. That's a way to settle it down. The other thing that's really important if you're hosting a Twitter chat, you have to use TweetDeck. There's no other way to survive. Uh, the, that's, the, that's the only platform I found that is the way to do any of this. It has everything you need in there, and it's, it's free. So then in TweetDeck, basically, you monitor the guests on one, in one column, the hashtag in another um, and then probably replies to yourself yeah, I'll in have, another or I'll something like that, I'll have four right? main columns up, which is all the the leftmost column will be the hashtag. And so that's a search. Then the next column will be following the person, and that's the guest. Third column is notifications. So any 
retweets, mentions, replies, all of those so that I don't miss any questions that people want to ask. And you can, you can make mentions uh, a separate one so that you're, you take out the likes and the retweets because that can get really busy. And then I have another column that's for me mm -hmm. <laughs> so that I know what I've already retweeted or replied to or what I said. It's a good mm -hmm. thing to keep track of that. Usually that's off to the side on the screen. The other thing that I have is then there'll be one more column. This is a huge dashboard, isn't it? I'm not looking at all of this at once. Mostly I'm just focused on the hashtag and the guest. But I'll also have, have over there a really valuable tool for hosting a Twitter chat in TweetDeck is to be able to schedule tweets. And you can do that in TweetDeck and you can pull up a column so you see what those are and you know when they're going to go out and you can change the time of your scheduled tweets on the fly. So for the questions, I found that it's really good to have a graphic that has just an image that has the question on it and to schedule those. And that's where you kind of get a feel for you know, as as you hosted the chat a few times, you get a feel as to what the rhythm of it is and when those should go out. And sometimes you look at that and say, okay, well, I want to have one every seven to eight minutes, or this question is going to take a little bit longer <laughs> or a little bit less, and then have those all scheduled and ready to go the night before. And that way I can really concentrate on what's happening live in the chat. I'm not having to worry about when I'm going to send out the questions. They just pop through automatically. Tweet deck. Yep. And if you're participating in a chat, I highly mm -hmm. recommend that too, because then you just do, I do four columns, which is hashtag host guest, and then notifications. So I really like the idea of doing a quick live video. That's something I have not seen yet. And I think that's something I might want to try um, <laughs> yeah. depending on what kind of hair day I have, um, you know, <laughs> um, but that's always something to think about, but, but why not? Um, you know, you can even see, how do you feel about the whole integration of, I mean, so it, it is a Twitter chat and it is kind of like a, like a group, but it's not a group, right? So every time I tweet, everybody else sees it as well. I mean, so it goes to the people who are following the hashtag, but also the 69,000 others that are following me, for example, how, uh, so you got to kind of have a balance, right? I mean, you can't just be on a, in a Twitter storm, maybe reply to a tweet as opposed to just shipping them anew. Uh, have you seen any problems with that? Have people have audiences complain? They probably won't complain. They'll just mute you on follow, I guess, but. There's a couple of ways um, I've seen people do that. that. You know, certainly replies are a good way to do that because they'll just see your tweets and that way you kind of keep them out of the stream. So even if you're a guest, you could reply directly to the question and then kind of go from there. Uh, I have guests that do that rather than, and and then there's others who want their followers to see that they're participating in this Twitter chat and hope that they come join in. So they'll retweet the question and have their answer along with that. So there's a lot of different approaches to that. 
And then other people just mourn everybody and say, <laughs> warning, I'm going to be participating in this chat in 15 minutes, which is a nice promotion for the chat. And watch out. Here comes, here comes the storm. Right. <laughs> Here comes the storm. One, one, um, I was going to add there about <laughs> very um, Twitter chat the, etiquette. Go ahead. One of the things in those really big chats that's uh, really good if people don't do is to retweet constantly. Because that makes them go faster. So a lot of those mm -hmm. bigger chats, they just ask people not to retweet. Just like things and reply or bookmark it for yourself if that's why you're doing it, then that'll help help slow down that stream and make it easier to participate in as well. Yeah, that's always an interesting problem because you're going between trying to share it, right? You're trying to, uh, I, I think, put those two audiences together. Mm -hmm. You have the people in the chat and then you have your own followers. Um, and if they find it interesting, right, that's, that's, I guess, why people retweet it. Um, so that's, uh, it's kind of an interesting, interesting dilemma that we're in. TM Tweet Chat returns in January 2021. It'll be here before we know it. Um, join Gretchen and her community to see uh, what's coming up. Do we have a topic not yet. yet for the not yet. January Still working on that yet? and assembling a new team to come together. So if anyone wants to join a team, wants to learn more about facilitating a Twitter chat or working behind the scenes, I would be happy to, to have them. If folks want to see what past uh, chats look like, if you go to the TM tweet, TM tweet chat profile, you can go to moments and every single chat that we've had seven, eight months worth uh, weekly, every tweet that was part of those conversations is all there and it is in conversational order. So they're super easy to read from beginning to end. Usually you're, you're going backwards through a stream when you're reading a Twitter chat. So I really encourage everybody to go and, and take a look at that and you can really see these wonderful conversations that we've had and the nice thing about moments is the conversation never ends because you can continue to reply to individual tweets and engage with that person if they said something interesting. Gretchen Vaughn uh, at TM Tweet Chat on Twitter. And that's also the corresponding hashtag. That's a wrap. Thanks for tuning in. Please rate and review our show on your favorite podcast channels. And don't forget to share this episode with your networks. We appreciate you. Until next time, let the best stories win.